Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's beat the waiver wire next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to FFT in 5. I'm Chris Towers. I'm here with Dan Schneier. And we are going to talk about some beat the waiver wire targets to get ahead of week 10. So what we're doing is looking for guys who could be hot, hot, hot prospects on the waiver wire for next week. See if you can add them today or Sunday morning before the games start. And then we'll talk about a couple of storylines for week nine that we're going to be keeping an eye on. But I want to start just a reminder. James Conner is set to come back from IR. It actually, in, in listening to Jonathan Gannon's quotes this week, kind of sounds like James Conner could have been back this week and they just... You know, put him on IR thinking it was going to take a little longer. So he'll be back in week 10. He's 93% rostered in CBS Fantasy Leagues. That means he's been dropped in at least a few. Make sure he's available. He's not available in your leagues. He's 83% if you play in, C- in ESPN leagues. So that's one. What do you expect from James Conner with Kyler Murray coming back? Yeah, I think this offense still remains the same in the sense that it is effective in the run game. Their interior <laughs> run blocking has been good all year. And so they're still going to operate through the run game. So I think his role could just extend to the point where he's just scoring more because mm-hmm. Kyler Murray is able to move the offense more. So I like everything about it. All right. Another beat the waiver wire running back. I like to target. I've stashed him in a few leagues. Chase Edmonds is only 4% rostered. The big thing here is just Rashad White's been really effective in the passing game. That's what we expected. He's been by some metrics, the worst running back in football when it comes to running the ball. I, I think he's, either last or very near the bottom in rushing yards over expected this season. So I do think there's an opportunity for Chase Edmonds, who has been a viable playmaker in the past, to carve out a role in this Buccaneers offense. So that's what I'm keeping an eye on. It would take a Rashad White injury for there to be much upside there because Rashad White's going to have the passing game role, but someone to keep an eye on. And then I want to get your thoughts on a couple of young wide receivers, specifically Wondell Robinson for the Giants. He's 19% rostered. Giants are going to have Daniel Jones back. Wondell Robinson's best game this season came with Daniel Jones at quarterback. No Darren Waller, so the top target in this offense is gone. What do you think we're going to see from Wondell Robinson? Obviously, he's still coming back from the the torn ACL. So it's not clear if he's 100% healthy yet. It it seems like he is, though, based on his film and then based on Mm -hmm. how they've used him and how willing they have been to use him. And one thing about Wanda Robinson that profiles really well with the comeback of Daniel Jones is he wins on all those underneath routes, and that's Mm -hmm. where Daniel Jones likes to go with the football. He reads the football field. I always joke he reads the field low to low instead of high (laughs) to low on some of those half-field reads. So he's looking for those in-breaking routes and for those – uh, you know, crossing routes and things that, that Wandell will run. So I think there's a chance of really good volume. If you look at Wandell's last game for towards ACL last year against the Lions, he went over 100 yards and became the focal point of the passing game. And so I still think that was originally and ultimately the idea mm-hmm. of having bringing him onto this roster uh, two season, two off seasons ago. So I, I like him a lot in PPR leagues. All right, let's talk about another wide receiver rookie. You and I aren't necessarily the biggest fans of Jonathan Mingo as a prospect, but 
Bryce Young looked better last week. We did get the biggest game of Jonathan Mingo's career. He had four catches for 60-plus yards. Had a long 40-yard catch and run in this one. I think it depends. You know, Adam Thielen's clearly the top guy in this offense. But after that, things remain wide open. If DJ Shark, he's dealing with an elbow injury. If he can't play or if he's limited, you know, there's an opportunity for Jonathan Mingo to continue to grow here. So that's another one to keep in mind. And then... We're going to talk about some quarterbacks now. And and one of the storylines for for week 9 is just what do we think these backup running or backup quarterbacks are going to do or the quarterbacks who got benched. There's so by my count, if we count the four guys on by, there are 14 week 1 starting quarterback situations that are not available in week 9. That's a that's a lot. There's 32 teams in the league. I'll let you do the math on that one. But <laughs> if you're looking for a long-term answer at quarterback, Russell Wilson was dropped in a few spots. He's down to 68% rostered. If you need a quarterback, it's worth keeping an eye on him. He has been efficient this season. The volume hasn't been there, but that's one to keep an eye on. And then we'll move on. Dan, what do you expect this Vikings offense to look like without Kirk Cousins? Obviously, we're expecting Josh Dobbs to be the starter in the long run, but Jaron Hall is going to get the start this week. And I kind of think like the style is likely to be the same from Jaron Hall to Joshua Dobbs because... They're both pretty athletic, not great athletes, but pretty athletic. So they'll run a little more than Cousins did. But what do you think this offense is going to look like? Obviously, gigantic downgrade. Gigantic downgrade. I think people who don't watch the tape don't realize how good Kirk Cousins actually is because mm-hmm. he just never wins Super Bowls or goes on playoff runs. And that just shows how hard it is to even find quarterbacks in the NFL that you want to invest in. That's a whole nother topic. But <laughs> the problem is no one is stylistically close to Cousins besides Nick Mullen who I still think has a mm-hmm. chance to potentially eventually take over, even though they traded for Dobbs. We'll see. We'll see how fast Dobbs can pick up the offense. Yeah, Mullen's on IR, so it's it's not clear when he'll be back. Right. And the thing is, Kevin O'Connell isn't, like you said, it's not going to stay like a chain. Kevin O'Connell's not going to all of a sudden use 12 personnel and 13 mm-hmm. personnel and get up there and run the football. That's not what he wants to do. He wants to throw the football. So someone of those guys is going to have to try to do it for him. I don't think Jaron Hall is going to be able to do it. It all depends to me on the game plan from the opposing defensive coordinator. If I was an opposing defensive coordinator, there's not even a chance in hell I wouldn't run cover zero. I wouldn't run all these blitzes because mm-hmm. I've watched Jaron Hall, and he's not going to be able to handle this pressure. So eventually you get in a starter like Dobbs who has the experience or Mullins who has the experience, and you could hope for something. But I'm really worried about it. I had this conversation on the mailbag with Jamie. I'm not high on Addison this week because mm-hmm. of the situation. We'll see what happens. I know what O'Connell wants to do, and he wants to keep throwing the football. I just don't know if these guys can do it for him. All right, and then we'll talk about the two situations where the quarterback was benched, not injured. We have the Falcons and Raiders benching their quarterbacks. Wow. Do you think Taylor Heineke and uh, Aiden O'Connell are going to jumpstart these offenses? No. No, I don't, Chris. Um Look, yeah. he's an interesting quarterback. He throws the seam a lot, which a lot of quarterbacks don't even try and gets your receiver killed sometimes. But that could help Kyle Pitts, theoretically. But mm-hmm. I feel like the thing with Ritter is before the game he was benched, he had like multiple 300-yard games in two of the last three weeks. And that was, you know, all we could expect, as good as we could expect from a passing game there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much room there is for growth on that one. Um, and then if you want me to touch on O'Connell real quick. I, I think O'Connell, yeah. like the biggest thing for me is just he can't be worse than Jimmy Garoppolo was last week. Right. right. I mean, kind of famous no last words be. in the NFL is it can't be worse because <laughs> things can always get worse. But Jimmy Garoppolo was really bad in week eight. Yes, he was. And O'Connell should be able to improve on that performance. Um, I get the feeling this team is going to be very run heavy with Antonio mm-hmm. Pierce as their interim head coach and rely on defense, and rely on trying to grind out wins. We saw this with Jeff Saturday last year when yeah. he came in. Uh, we'll see. But I think this will help Josh Jacobs maybe the most. 
All right, that's going to do it for FFT and 5. We'll be back tomorrow with more of the injuries for Week 9 and more sit questions. We'll see you then.